0: Melchimp presents.
1: Melchimp presents. The Jump is a podcast where I, Shirley Ann Manson, sit down with musicians and talk about the one song that changed everything. Juliette Lewis is a gorgeously eccentric odd bird she's a phenomenal actress and one of the true greats at playing weirdos and warped outsiders on screen but despite what she herself seems to believe to be true she also happens to be a bona fide rock and roll force she truly is an incredible live performer with an astoundingly strong voice in the grand tradition of someone like janice joplin or stephen tyler Juliet pours herself into her spandex and she lets rip. When we sat down, I expected her to be larger than life, a confident superstar, and instead found her to be unbelievably self-effacing and lovably delicate. And you'll see what I mean when you hear what she has to say. This is the incomparable Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis, I'm delighted to have you here. And um, I don't really know where to start because obviously you're this ridiculously well-known, revered artist on screen.
0: Well, that's nice to hear.
1: <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you're very beloved, but we're here to talk about your music, right? of course. But it'd be kind of daft for me not to acknowledge that you're this amazing actor. Well,
0: thank you. I always joked in the beginning, like, I'm the bearded lady. Whatever gets you in the door, you know, curiosity. (laughs) Oh, this is going to suck. You know, we were on Warp Tour, and so many people from other bands and people, what is this going to be about? And, you know, they had these low expectations, funny expectations, because I came from film. So for me, I I had no shame. I was just like, whatever gets you in the the room, and we'll do the rest, because I knew we'd put on... That was my whole objective, sure. to put on a really ferocious, exciting live show. Yeah,
1: But before we get there, yeah, what was it that isn't getting exercised in your acting career that you felt you could find in music? Because you jumped in, like you said, that's a risk, yeah? Yeah.
0: They fueled each other. So you'll hear some actor people say, like, oh, they listen to music to get into a scene or a character. So, like, for instance... Uh, Natural Born Killers. I listened to Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child, Slight Return for a month straight. That was morning, noon, and night. That and Killing Floor um, by Hendrix. Each each role had a sort of a song or a thing that cultivated an energy, and and I think it comes from. Early on, you know, I was I had a single mom before I lived with my dad, and she left us alone a lot and worked. Uh, I guess the term I don't know if you have it is a latchkey kid, right? The seventies, mm-hmm. eighties, and and so I li- would my ear was to the radio. That was my comfort. It was all top forty, and I just would go into my daydreams and fantasy world and life all through. Music, And I always wanted to be a singer when I was little, but I was really overly self-critical. I was like that for acting, except for somehow I managed to be able to create characters. But I was—I had that horrible uh, voice. Oh, you're no good. That's f- you're going to do it like that? That fucking sucks, blah, blah, blah. That Awful, awful voice that through time and experience and through teachers in my acting world, like a Scorsese or Oliver Stone, who gave me validation here and there, I could get bigger than that voice. Um, but with music, I was I was in the closet. It, it, so it wasn't until th- uh, rolled around my 30th birthday that I was, I, I was like,
1: what happened on your 30th birthday?
0: Well, I went, holy shit, you're turning 30. You didn't do write any music. You didn't do your shit. Like, what's happening? So I did that. There was a bit of a um, an alarm clock impetus, and I wasn't working. I, uh, but that's not the reason why. It was more. I I said, oh, I had a breakup, and I was like, okay, you're not married. You don't have kids. You have no reason to not be fully invested in your art, in your creative selves. And I did it in a very – I wrote down in a book, like, any musician I knew, anybody who knew a musician, and literally started making phone calls like, hey, do you know anybody who wants to write some songs? It started with Linda Perry. She took a meeting with me. Um, Because all I had was the gift of gab, what was sitting in my idea – I mean, in my head – of – what i wanted to exercise through music a, a kind of energy and self and so we traded listening to songs and stuff we liked she's very nurturing that way right as a, as a producer and she's beyond yeah. she she unlike other producers i sat with who have their idea of what you are and they're going to put a stamp on you or sort of their sound or something she'll get you out She'll go, okay. let me. And then you just start having musical conversations. And it just starts with those uh, little chords um, or beat. It just started with you take a chance, you know, with egg on your face. Someone starts strumming a few chords and you just, it to me will untap, as you know, melody or they'll write something and nothing happens. So you go, okay, next, because that's not untapping the stories. It felt like um, like little fairy lights, like the cosmos. You know, the universe starts lighting up because it's your song. I always think that. Even every musician I ever played, I always with I always just think they're magic makers and they're just a gift. It's all if we can just get out of our own way. Sure. Yeah. And
1: did you know that you had the kind of voice that you have? Because you've got a phenomenal. You're a phenomenal singer.
0: with Linda, she helped me
1: untap what do I sound like. But also, I would imagine, or correct me if I'm wrong, did you have an idea of what you wanted to pursue musically, i.e., I want to make this kind of music. I want to present it this kind of way, or was it literally just what came out of you in the writing sessions?
0: No, I was very much. I wanted to do rock and roll. Okay, like, for me, it was sort of like a guttural purging. This is what I describe it. But but I was very into with Linda eighties rock and kind of, for lack of a better expression, we did full on cock rock. You know, you did. Yeah, it was my I somewhere this lived in me and it it had a spirit of defiance because that's to me I'm sort of being a superhero version of whatever my strengths are but also my weaknesses like if my pain is on stage it's going to be times a thousand.
1: My interpretation of what you were doing was you were taking these male tropes and you were turning them inside out. that's what excited me I was like wow she's delved into the boys' club and she's playing them at their own game, which really excited me. So why did you pick this particular song? What is it representing for you that is so important in your creative sort of landscape? And you picked Hard Loving Woman. Yes. It
0: it was a turning point, and it's a turning point in every set. It's a turning point for me as a songwriter, and it's something I arrived at through all my young musical experience I was finally able to live in my truth and have a purity to it all stripped away no production no drums no uh ruckus and just own my my pain and my heart and that's that's what this song is because I mean me. it's
1: a, it sounds like a classic right oh,
0: thanks yeah I always wanted to write a blues song how do you write your blues? What is that? How, uh, and you have to be able to be flattened and sitting there and be able to tell your truth as purely as possible.
1: Were you in Los Angeles when you wrote this one? I was in
0: L.A. My band had split up. Uh, I had just gone through breaking up. Our, uh, everything was in tumult. And I called an old friend of mine. I was like, hey, do you want to write? And he just played these f- weird, twisted. He was very Pixies influenced, but he also loved the blues. So it's a very dissonant kind of blues chords he was playing with. And the song just came out. This song was my declaration, like "fuck you" and "fuck it all." I'm down to dig so hard into things, whether it's my art, my love, my pain, everything.
1: There's no easy ride in the Juliet show. Did you know immediately that you were? This was something that, that was going to be brought into your to your record and into your life set. Did you know it was good? Were you excited? I
0: was so excited,
1: um, and I had
0: always wanted, because now, like, whenever I do a set list, this is always the middle point. It's always the middle point. It's the core. Yeah. Now society's got no place for me. And I talk to my father, yeah. And he says to me, nah nah nah, nah listen, 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 listen little girl you better sit down you better take a look around and get a hold of yourself woman and embrace what you become other people when they say oh you remind me of this or you remind Janice to plan
1: I mean, it's so Uh, Janis Joplin. It's kind of crazy.
0: It's really cool. That's a huge compliment. I guess because it's a pain song. And it's raw. The rougher your voice is, the better. You know, it's all of that. Sometimes even when I play this live and my voice isn't properly shredded, I'm kind of bummed out, sad about it (laughs) if it's too smooth. So when you recorded this song, where did you record it? I started writing some songs with my friend and then... Omar Rodriguez Lopez. Oh, wow. Of uh, Mars Volta. And at the drive-in. Yes. He knew my tour manager, and I was like, who could produce? He was down. He listened. I had also written these songs on piano, just like my seven-year-old piano playing. And he was like, oh, you should put this out. He was like into me printing out demos, just like rough and raw as possible. And you didn't want to do that? No, I thought it was too too sparse and radical, but that's him and he's awesome like that. For better or for worse, this the recorded version, like I was telling you, is is okay, but it, it just captures like the first seed of what the song was. But so would yeah.
1: you... So if you could record this again today, would you do it differently? Yes.
0: Well, I did try with different... Another band that wasn't quite right. It was so hard... The only way to record this song would be to get one of those live versions and have so, it where I actually recorded it. But some of our best versions have never been recorded. They're not even on an iPhone.
1: Why do you think, and I think this is an issue for a lot of recording artists, why do you think it's easier when you're on stage in front of an audience to perform than in the cold, clinical I know. isolation of the studio?
0: I do it best usually when I'm have the collective I I don't I need to be with my musicians that's the other thing is I'm so plugged in to I always think that I'm a conduit or a a, um, exercising what they're playing as well that feeds me so much so where music and acting collide is that as an artist I'm searching for the same thing and that's well honesty transcendence if you can get it and getting out of your head I don't want to be living and breathing in in thought. Um, And so this, when I was singing it, I felt connected to what I was saying and I wasn't thinking about uh, uh, how I was singing. Because
1: this is a simple. This is simple. This is
0: just uh, where you don't want any words to get in the way because you don't want them to sound, thought, or contrived. So I went really, really simple. For me, I love the way songs start. So even in the beginning, What's your first thing? So even saying I'm in a whole lot of trouble, I've been here before. That's, I wouldn't, had my head gotten in the way, I would have been too thought out. But that, I was just feeling that and needed to say it. But Uh, do you believe
1: in yourself as a writer? Oh, that's so tricky, isn't it? Um, Because here's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that you don't, but. I mean, you blow so many of us who slave over our words and our singing and our performances for years and years and years. And you kind of effortlessly, on the surface, effortlessly look like you can just do it all. I can't believe what you're saying. And and (laughs) nobody can.
0: No. How did you read me so well, Intuitor? Intuit? Uh, medium. No one can see that I'm welling up with tears. I can see that you're cr- because like, I've been crying. struggling of late because early on I used to give my I'd finish everything within a month and and now I've been not finishing. I have a bunch of half written songs. And I'm like, what is happening psychologically that I'm not finishing Stuff and so I think that's the journey I'm on now is just owning myself as a songwriter and that exploration because before it was all about being a performer and I never even sat well with the word singer because I'm like ah well I'm sort of a a, an exerciser of emotion oh I had this joking term but it's very true uh, an emotionalist that's good.
1: But it yeah, must yeah, be yeah. difficult when you're known, you're so... I mean, you are a famous actor. Ooh. You know, I know that that makes you uncomfortable. She's literally, for those of you who can't see her, she's looking to the side and trying to avoid eye contact. No, no,
0: I'm fine. I But, you know, you're, people, yeah, you're yeah. a
1: really highly regarded, well-known, f- visible actor. And so to be taken seriously in a, a genre, an con- entirely different creative genre, is, has its challenges, Mm-hmm. I, I know this myself with yeah. my own bigotry um, and it takes a lot of courage to break out of a cage that has been set for us, you know, for you, I, I would imagine it takes a lot of courage for you to pursue music and keep pursuing it.
0: Yeah, it's, um, well, as I said, I have a, a partial sadness if I'm not doing music that I only realized I was like, oh, that's why you're kind of have this subconscious sorrow you're not you know you know when you play in music you have to be connected to that to me it's a god channel music it's different than than a storytelling actor work but um i still love i love that i don't um denigrate either although what served me is even though you're saying you're accomplished this and that um in the acting business there's so much bullshit that is thrown your way of that you have to be sort of or you try to be invincible from people telling you where you belong. Come and I ain't no place for me a...
1: No doubt about that Juliet Lewis you're wonderful I wish you well in finishing an idea which yeah. I know you can do Oh my god
0: well I didn't expect to get a psychic reading today <laughs> Well, you're saying I thought I tricked you. I was talking about myself as a songwriter, but you're saying there's something I detect
1: here. I detect it in myself, so I detect it in all all other artists. You know, especially yeah. women. I'm really tuned into other female, you know, creators. Because it's not often that you get to talk. You know, it's funny, like because bands and you're you, you were a band girl. Yeah. We travel separately. We're in these little microcosms. Yeah. You don't get to really talk about the challenges of being someone that puts out something creative basically under your own name. And, yes. and you're responsible for it and you're questioned about it and you're criticized for it. And yeah. pe- I don't know if people who don't do you know, art for a living understand the power of criticism. Woo! It can give you wings or it can like stick you in mud for years. Yes, um, but let me ask you, how do you f-
0: finish songs? With the you finish it, you got your verse. Okay, now we need a. Bri- you're sort of, and now finish it. Finish the damn thing. Do you give yourself a limit in the studio? Do you finish it at home? Or, See, it's interesting
1: because I work with a band of producers. Yes, yeah? right. So they they will work on something literally for all time. Yes. Great ones do They can
0: tinker tinker And I am
1: always the one Who comes and goes That's it That's enough You know Because I start feeling Something starting to get lost Mm -hmm. You know what I mean Just starting to squeeze it Too much You have to let it go
0: I know it's gotta be true Or there ain't no God for me And I know
1: juliette lewis you're all right thank you thanks for having me the jump is an original series from mailchimp and i'm your host shirley manson it's produced by lyra smith in partnership with little everywhere Executive produced by Dangalucci, Jane- Marie, and Rushikesh Hirway. Original music composed by Rushikesh Hirway.